a big part of who I am now is just making peace with, with my past being where I am and also realizing that through my actions and reactions, I get to create the future. Welcome to You Better, a show about personal discovery and love. I'm your host, Keisha Garrison, and I'm on that journey of knowing and loving who I really am every day, just like you. I want you to come face to face with yourself and be proud of what you see. My friend, it's time to do better. It's time to you better. Now let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone. I want to start off by saying thank you so much for tuning into this episode of You Better. If you end up enjoying what you learned today, please do make sure to share it. Share it with your friends on your social media channels. Don't be scared to tag me. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Keisha underscore Garrison. And I'm on Facebook at the Keisha Garrison. You could even just send it in a text to a friend. I don't need to know. Y'all just sharing this show is the only way I can keep it going and growing and finding the people who would also find value in it. So do share if you think there's value for your peeps here. Now, before we get into today's interview, I want to talk to you about something Phil and I mentioned in the last episode, the self-development trap. I get it. This show is called You Better. So there's something in this title that's about taking actions to evolve yourself and grow yourself and develop yourself. My intent is to inspire you to become more of the true you. Youing is the verb of it all. It's about understanding what it's going to take for you to you better in more truth with yourself. I want you to feel more like your real self and accept all of the parts. On that journey, you'll do inner work, but the temptation to be in a continual fix me mode is very strong. And I get it. Life isn't feeling great. And so you see the messages all around telling you to work on yourself and your life will improve. And that is true. But the cold hard reality is that you can't love yourself out of every situation. For example, you can't self-develop your way out of the impacts of systemic oppression. Think about being a woman who is underpaid where she works. You can do the work to build up your sense of self-worth and grow that confidence to ask for the raise you deserve, but you can't take the whole situation as a personal failing that you somehow can fix by fixing you. That secrecy around what appropriate pay levels are for jobs, that inner circle that is setting pay policy and determining that this is how it works and that it's okay if women are paid less, That is the impact of capitalist patriarchy in your life. And no amount of personal and professional development seminars telling women how to learn power poses and how to negotiate like a man will address the fact that the game is rigged in the first place. And so all the work to fix women and coach women into another way of being in the workplace will just serve to exhaust the women in the workplace who are already underpaid. That's just one example but there are many more for all the various things we are facing as humans. You can't change everything in your life through sheer acts of personal will. So it is with that in mind that I want to get into today's episode that does also touch upon the self-development trap. Last year, I was listening to one of my favorite wellness podcasts, The Balanced Black Girl, and I absolutely loved the episode done on the self-development trap that endless cycle we could fall into and we're encouraged to fall into 
of perpetually trying to fix something about ourselves. I want us to get to healthier mindsets about how we even approach growth. So since I love that episode so much, I reached out to the host, Lestrandra Alfred. Les is the founder of Balanced Black Girl. It's an online wellness community and podcast focused on health, wellness, and self-care from the perspectives of Black women. She started her first blog, The Balanced Berry, back in 2014 to share her love of fitness and nutrition with others. And after years of feeling dissatisfied with the lack of diversity that she saw in wellness content shared on large platforms, she pivoted to create Balanced Black Girl in 2018. And now Balanced Black Girl provides content and experience empowering millennial Black women to live their healthiest lives. So let's get into today's conversation with Les and me, where we explore the self-development trap. And we also get into some other topics like listening to our subconscious through memories and dreams. Intriguing. And of course, Les shares some things that she has learned from her own self-love journey. All right, let's get into it. I'm so happy that you were down to do this. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Listen at the radio voice. See, it just sounds like honey is being poured over biscuits. And (laughs) thank you. I'm going to lean into this beautiful work that you are doing that I so appreciate. This beautiful work that I didn't realize you were doing when I met you. I just thought you were a really sparkly human being that I saw walk by. (laughs) And your, your aura was so bright that I could not help but say hello. I still to this day don't know like how that all that moment happened because I had just come to awareness of the work that you did, but it was separate from knowing what your face looked like because it's audio. And that was a really trippy moment when you said (laughs) who you were. I'm like, what? (laughs) I just started listening to Balanced Black Girl like last week. This is really strange. It was such a cool moment. Um, but ever since then, I've just been really delighted that I had a chance to meet you because what you do is so lovely. Could you share with the folks who are listening to you better a little bit about Balanced Black Girl and why you do that work? Oh, thank you so much, Keisha. I remember when we met and that was when I was kind of in my last, doing my last lap around Seattle. I was just about to move and I was like, why didn't I meet her sooner? I want to be friends with her. (laughs) Why? We um, had adventures that we could have done. I know. I know. We still can. We'll get we there. still can. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I am the host and creator of a platform called Balanced Black Girl, which is a podcast that I started back in 2018 that has evolved and grown into just a really beautiful space. And when I started it, I don't know if I quite understood what I was getting myself into (laughs) or what it was that I was creating. I just truly was sitting at work one day and had a download that just said, start a podcast, talk to other black women and name it Balanced Black Girl. And I was like, okay, Amazon, microphone. I didn't know anything about podcasts, but I just immediately started executing it and launched it 10 days later. And I have been going ever since. I am so impressed at that timeline (laughs) that you just jumped right into it and listened to the message. 
what made you listen that when the download came, what yeah. made you feel like I do need to move forward with this as opposed to, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Because I think ideas are fleeting. And I think if we get an idea and we don't take action on it, it will go to somebody else. And I just had this, I was like, if I don't do this right now, somebody else is going to, and then I'm going to be a real sad panda um, <laughs> that I didn't act on that. And so I was like, I'm just going to act on it just right now. And also during that time, my life was in a lot of flux. I was just having a really rough time personally and professionally. And um, I just had a lot going on and a lot of things and a lot of habits that I was doing just weren't working for me. I normally was not somebody who took action so quickly and who listened to those calls. And I didn't like where that had gotten me. So I was like, listen, let me try a different direction. Let me just move immediately and and see what happens. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. And I'm sure all of the people who listen to your show are glad you did as well, because you are really bringing some insightful voices to the table, bringing a lot of interesting topics. One of the reasons that I was so immediately in my mind had, I need to bring Lashandra onto this show is because of an episode that you put out um, in the fall of last year, episode 106. <laughs> i give you the number. That's right, folks. We are in the, the, the hundreds of episodes <laughs> at this point. Having a healthy relationship with yourself and breaking through the self-development trap. Yes. I loved that episode. Thank you. I am excited to just unpack some of the things that you talked about in that episode I'm absolutely going to link to it in the show notes because I do think that people need to just sit down with their journal and go through the experience with you. But there was a lot that you took people through in terms of myths and misconceptions. Um, it felt like you were sitting there and maybe the neck was going because you were just like, look, here's what it is and what it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it. Because <laughs> there's a lot about the topic of self-love that backs people into a bit of a corner. Yeah. And one of the things that you touched upon early in that episode was this notion of how when you people say they want a connection with someone else, immediately folks hit them with the, you need to love yourself. It's almost like a weaponized comment that's meant as nurturing advice, but it's really not. Mm -mm. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about this notion of being able to get your needs met in different ways, because it's two different things, the relationship that you have with yourself versus the relationship that you have with other people. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had a lot of experiences, particularly over the past five years or so, that have really pushed me to have a stronger relationship with myself. I had you know, a romantic relationship that I was in for many years that ended about five years ago. And uh, it was just in a very long, long single season. If anybody's ever <laughs> dated in Seattle as a black woman, okay, listen, <laughs> you, you know. I don't know that, if you can call what I'm doing dating. <laughs> listen, I understand. I understand the challenges, and I had to. I had to take a step back and say, okay, I want to get right with me to be the foundation for how I interact with other people while also being okay, still wanting what I want and me 
having love and care and respect for myself does not necessarily replace having another person in my life, be it family, romantic, platonic. However, if I don't know how to treat me, how will other people know how to treat me? And our relationship with ourselves is is the longest, the only true lifelong relationship that we truly will have. Yeah. And so being able to kind of evolve with ourselves is something that has been really important to me. And it's something, a lesson that I have had to learn sometimes the hard way, <laughs> but lots of yeah. learning. Oh, I like the way you put it in terms of it's the relationship we have with ourselves shows us and trains and teaches others how to love us, but it doesn't necessarily preclude us being able to receive love from others. I feel like there's a couple quotes and I've heard it a couple different ways and absolutely have fallen, you know, susceptible to taking these things on as truth in, pre- in past seasons of my life. But these things of um, no one will love you if you don't love yourself, or you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself. And those things those absolutes, just at some point in my life, I had to realize that those aren't true. Mm -hmm. And it'll keep you from nurturing relationships. Like maybe someone has capacity to love me in a different way than I know how to love myself. But those absolutes feel really quippy in a meme. Right. (laughs) And then some people see that and they're like, oh, yes, well, I guess I need to just wait to have anyone love me. Right. Or I need to be perfectly healed. And it's like, if that's the case, nobody would, you know, none of us are, are perfectly healed. And what does that mean? And then that's when we get into what I call the self-development trap of kind of treating ourselves like a science project or a never ending Mm. thing that needs to be fixed. Because I think so many of us have fallen into that of getting into wellness or personal development. And it then just becomes this cycle where you are constantly working on yourself and you are constantly finding things to fix and never satisfied. And you just go around like a hamster on a wheel. And when we learn how to pause and be with ourselves and observe where we are, I think that there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that science project and everybody's trying to get to this best self, be your best self. And that almost sounds like a destination. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to do some things and then I'm going to be the best that I can be. Yep. And I I prefer, and I'm, I'm such a fan, I prefer the way you talked about it, where you said it's more becoming more of your true self yeah. or truer to who you actually are, as opposed to you have this destination of improvements that you're going to keep making until here, here I am. Yeah. I'm my best self now. Yeah. Cause what if you do all that stuff and you, you're not you anymore, then where are you? Who are you? You're the Franken self. Right. The science experiment gone wrong. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's when people have that moment where they wake up and they're like, I don't recognize the person in the mirror anymore. Mm-hmm. You have self-improved yourself out of yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And then, and then what, you know, and then what have you attracted into your life? Are you in spaces that are inauthentic to you? Have you attracted people in your life who are not interested in the real you, but in this kind of facade of developed person you have presented yourself as it just, then I just start asking more questions. (laughs) (laughs) 
because then you have to keep that self up, even though it doesn't feel good. And every day, that sounds like a struggle. That's a struggle life, but you've self-improved. Right. The other thing that I loved that you talk about is this spark and this essence inside of you and the knowledge of that. Um, And the framing that you had around young us and our caretakers and how they did the best they could, but they did not have full information about the spark that was inside of us. Now, I think a lot of people struggle with how they see the role that their, their parents, their caretakers played in their lives when they were little. And I'm curious how you came to that kind of processing of that. It's such a graceful way to look at it. And how did you get to that understanding? Yeah. I have a lot of examples from when I was younger of just labels that were put on me. And as I got older, realizing that, oh, those labels actually don't fit at all. They just, you know, as humans, we love to categorize things. And so that was people putting me into categories. Um, I've always been a very introverted person. I just am, you know, process things internally, but I wouldn't say that I'm super people who know me know that I'm not quiet. Um, (laughs) and, but you know, I was a relatively quiet kid and, uh, my, my mom just grew up in a very loud family. My mom's side of the family, there are no introverts to be found. Everybody, (laughs) it's all 10, level 10 all the time. And then she had this quiet child and she's like, what's wrong? Like she thought something was, was wrong. And when I was a kid, she bought me this book, called, you know, don't be shy uh, about all the things to like not be shy about. And uh, she's told me this story, but she said that, you know, she got me the book and she was reading it and that I turned to her and I was like, mom, I'm not shy (laughs) when she gave me this book um, that she just thought that just because I was a little bit more reserved and kind of kept to myself that I was like shy and had this shell and I had to be (laughs) like, no, I'm not. I just don't want to say anything. Um, but as, as we get older, we can kind of take those labels that people give us of shy or loud or this or that, and we take it and we run with it. And I think the really beautiful thing about getting older is we can check in with ourselves and say, actually, does that still fit me? Cause if it doesn't, I don't need to hold on to it. And, and we are yeah. the only ones who can really check in with ourselves to know who we are and what still fits us and what we can release. Hmm. Yeah. And back to that, we're the only lifelong relationship that we have. All of those things that you knew about yourself as a as a child, she's getting the insight from you. She could observe, and then the kids tell the parents, like, "This is what time it is," mm-hmm. and it's up to them to listen. But they don't just because they're our parents. They don't. They don't get the manual, and they're like, "Well." She doesn't have things to say, but that doesn't mean she's shy. But this is like they don't. <laughs> Humans they don't. do not come with manuals. They don't. <laughs> I think it does take a lot of maturity, though, to grow up and process that kind of grace for parents that they did the best they could with the information that they had for them. You know, most most parents did the best they could with the information that they could learn about these kids and what and how they were raised. I like to say about my my mom that she carried, you know, it was like a relay race of, of generational healing. And 
she had her baton and she ran her leg and she did a great job. Mm -hmm. There was still a lot of pain for all of us in her, her leg of the relay, but for where she was picking up the baton, she got far. Yes. And I, I process it in that way so that whenever I'm looking at situations where I'm like, oh, wow, this situation from my past and in my family life caused me pain. I don't take it. And it's like, you should have done everything perfectly, mom. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, Couldn't agree more. I had a very on. similar experience and very realization about my own family of like, wow, from what my parents were able to do and how they were able to raise me, looking at how they were raised and how their parents were raised, it's amazing. And now I get to take that along with being in a generation now where I have access to any piece of information that I could want, you know, are there things that I wish I could have learned when I was younger? Yeah. But do I now have access to literally any piece of information about anything that I could possibly want? And can I seek out that learning now? And can I take responsibility to do that? Also, yeah. (laughs) All right. It's time for a quick break because I need to talk to the people who might want to book me. So listen, if you are in the position of curating powerful learning experiences and you like what you're learning here on You Better, let's take this thing to the next level. Email me today to book me for your next event or broadcast where personal growth or activating care for different communities and cultures are on the agenda. I am ready to moderate meaningful conversations, deliver insightful interviews, lead learning circles, or to speak about how we can be better to ourselves and others. Tap into my enthusiasm for encouraging us to love and celebrate the richness of our varied experiences. Email me today at info at keishagarrison.co. And don't get it mixed up. That's an I before E in that Keisha, and that is .co at the end. Info at keishagarrison.co. I'll be looking out for your message. Now let's get back to the show. Well, I'm curious, who would you say you are today? All of the things, you know, you've come to be, how would you describe who you are today? Mm, That's a good question. Just human being human, you know, human being human. I am kind of at this intersection of making peace with a lot of elements of my past while also creating the future that I really want to see while also still trying to be present. (laughs) And it's a lot of things to happen all at once. Um, Over the past few months, and I I don't really know what it is, maybe because I started dream journaling more. That was something else that I also talked about on the podcast. But I've had a lot of memories from when I was younger and not super young, but like teenage, early 20s, a lot of stuff that I'd blocked out, uh, just be unlocked and come back. Some of which are uncomfortable. Some things I pushed out of my memory because I didn't want to remember them. And some things I just, you know, it wasn't information that I needed to access. And then recently something, you know, sparks a, a memory. And what's been really interesting about that in probably for the first time in my adult life, not running away from those memories is really acknowledging how much those things play a role in who we are and really coming Mm -hmm. to peace with some of my experiences. And um, so I would say that's been a big part of who I am now is just making peace with, with my past, being where I am, and also realizing that through my actions and reactions, I get to create the future. 
That's so beautiful. Thank yes. you. Thank you for sharing that. Can you share what it means to dream journal? Yes. Essentially, that means that if you're sleeping at night and you have dreams the next morning, if you remember any details of those dreams, you write down whatever it is that you remember. So were there events there? Were there people in your life present? Um, any details that you can remember, you write them down so that you don't forget them. And it really helps um, just kind of expand your mind, open your subconscious, and also be able to kind of receive messages that your subconscious is trying to tell you. You know, oftentimes dreams will be a form of communication, maybe either from ancestors or loved ones or messages trying to come through. We all have dreams every night, but a lot of the time we don't necessarily remember them. I also, for most of my adult life, would wake up in the morning and have no idea if I had dreams because I just never remembered them. And then I slowly started remembering them. And then the more I journaled, the more I would remember them and be able to pick out themes or patterns um, or have people from the past pop up and be like, wow, that's interesting. I wonder why I wonder why they popped up or what my subconscious is trying to tell me. So it's just a way to check in with yourself. Do you use a book or something when you wake up to interpret them? Or is it more just you're reading the themes, processing it for yourself? I like to just read the themes and process it for myself. I I think reading into what they mean too much freaks me out personally because some <laughs> of it is like I don't I don't want to know. <laughs> so I do just some of my own processing, and um, I I usually do uh, morning pages where I will try and wake up and write between one to three pages of just stream of consciousness. And oftentimes during my morning pages, I will include any details of dreams for the night before if I remember them. Mm. The brain is a, a tricky, tricky thing. And people might be having dreams and really not think it means much at all. I think one of my most quirky, strange dream experiences was I had a website back in the day. I had a blog. This is back in the MySpace days. Mm-hmm. But I had a blog and there was a recipe on it because I used to, it was called Keisha Cooks and there was a recipe there and I couldn't access the blog anymore. And I was really annoyed by this. I tried to look in every old disc I had in this house. <laughs> I had saved it nowhere and I went to sleep and the character Bodhi from The Wire visited me in the dream. And he told me, Keisha, remember that the Wayback Machine on the internet is a thing. And I woke up in the morning and I remembered that he had said that. And I got on the Wayback Machine and found the archive, the internet archive of my blog. Oh my gosh. So weird. I was like, so why weird. him? That is why wild. Why Bodhi from The Wire? Right. I didn't take the time to do what you did to figure out like why that person. <laughs> I wasn't binging The Wire at the time. Right. It was very random. So one day I'm going to know what that meant, but. That is so funny. I feel like our brains are so complex though. Like our the things that our brains come up with are absolutely wild. And even just the information yeah. we have stored are yeah. wild. The things we've forgotten, like you said, the memories that aren't there anymore, yeah. that's been really trippy to have things come back and then realize, oh, I stuffed that. I filed that really deep inside. And why did yeah. I do that? Right. What else is in there that I don't remember right now? Are the yeah. dreams the main way that you're calling up old memories or are you doing anything else that's bringing them up? 
Dreams have been a big one. I actually had the weirdest experience a few weeks ago. I'd fell, fallen asleep to like a snooze cast, like a very boring <laughs> podcast that's designed to put you to sleep. And it was about the geography of Portland, Oregon. Very random. <laughs> Definitely put me to sleep. And that night I had dreams about I, – I lived in Portland for a few months a decade ago that – Honestly, Keisha, I could tell you nothing about it. I could not tell you where I lived, couldn't tell you what I did. I could not tell you a single thing about Portland, Oregon, even though I lived there. But when wow. I fell asleep listening to this snoozecast, I started seeing I started seeing real things that happened there started coming back. Like in the dream, it was real events of like the office that I worked in. I saw clearly my coworkers, times where I was out like on a boat on the Columbia River, like all of this random stuff that happened. It really happened. It wasn't like a made up dream that was just buried in my brain that I hadn't yeah. accessed in 10 years. But my subconscious associated, you know, hearing about Portland <laughs> with all of these buried memories and it just pulled them back up. Did a little file cabinet of your brain. Right. Like Went to the archives. Wow. Oh, we're doing Portland? Okay. Here's the Portland <laughs> file. I think it could be an interesting way for people to unlock some things about who they used to be or things that they maybe set aside at certain times in their life. Because I've I've gone through old emails of mine mm -hmm. and just searched things like the words thank you or something like I, I've gone back to look at things that I thanked people for in the past yeah. and was shocked at the things I had forgotten that I used to be into or the things that I had done with my my time. And it was helpful for me to see now a little bit more of the thread of Keisha because truly decades of interest, decades of interactions those details just got lost over time. They were just like back there in the file. I don't have the Keisha snoozecast. So <laughs> I had to like <laughs> go into where's my digital file. So that I, I think that there's something there for figuring out how to call up the old information that your brain has set in a drawer somewhere Yeah, about you. Because it's a big part of who we are. But I love, I love what you described about being able to do that digitally. Um, because the yeah. way we live now, we all have it. It's all it's all available to us. <laughs> we do, especially you, if you're really coming of age during this time. But I mean, even people who have their college papers on the actual hard disk, y'all, we can do this. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because it just took some intention and the thought to come to my brain to say, like, I can help myself to remember things about me in the past. And I have diaries and journals and high school yearbooks from before. There were all these digital files where people wrote things about me or where there's pictures of me in the yearbook doing certain things. And it, it has been helping me realize the thread that's been running through my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So go do that and come back and report <laughs> the results. We're giving you all some homework. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Speaking of middle school and yearbooks, how do you think that middle school you would think about you today? What would she think of you? That's a good question. She would be like, who are you? Like, who is this person <laughs> who's choosing to put themselves out there in, in that way? 
because middle school me did not do that. When I was younger, you know, preteen, teenager, all I wanted to do was hide and fade into the background. So I think if she were able to see how much space I'm occupying, she would be like, whoa, her mind would be blown. She'd be like, how did we get from here to there? <laughs> wow. How did you get from there to there? I think a lot of – I had a lot of moments very similar to uh, like I described when I started Balance Black Girl – where I realized that what I was doing and how I was acting was not working. And my life has been a series of wake-up calls of things that were not working that caused me to shift my behavior and my perception mm. and just shift after shift after shift. I've gotten at least to the point where I am now, but I will, I will continue to do it. This is just like a snapshot in time, not a destination by any means. Um, but that's what's, that's what's kind of built the bridge from – there to hear. Listening to when things don't feel right and adjusting, continuing to adjust. Yeah. Mm. Times where I realized I was the problem. <laughs> I was the problem. And so I can do better. <laughs> and that can be a hard one because I think there are some people who go really far with that, where they are all the problems. They're yeah. very self-reflective and can see how they're messing up in every scenario. And then some people can't see themselves at all. And I don't know what that right formula is for the right amount of self-awareness. I would say you, you, don't, you don't seem to me to be driving yourself bananas. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> But you, but you keep you keep tweaking the model. <laughs> How do you get to a place of self awareness that feels healthy and not toxic self awareness where you are all the problems? I love that question. I think it's about having a sense of curiosity with yourself, not being in the sense of self blame or self victimhood, but just a sense of curiosity. Like, huh? I wonder why I did that. Huh, mm -hmm. I wonder why I reacted that way. What's what's going on under the surface that caused me to to go left and not go right and not having that judgment with yourself for what you do or what decisions you make or how you act, but just being like, huh, okay, I wonder why I wonder why I did that. <laughs> um, yeah. and asking yourself those questions and getting to what's beneath the surface. Oh, that's good. Yeah, be curious but not judgmental. See, and if everybody goes back, like I said, and listen to episode 106, Balance <laughs> Black Girl, there's a there's a whole um, section of that uh, self-development trap conversation where you were talking about the way we talk to ourselves. And I think that it's something that a lot of people need to process because, yeah, when you if you're getting to that place where you can identify yourself as a problem or the problem in so many scenarios, you're probably not being very kind to yourself. And that pause and ask yourself, would I treat another person the way that I'm treating myself in this moment of inquiry? Uh, that was a really good framework and a tool to give to people. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And the way I like to frame it, actually, I, I worked in HR of all places years ago. No, I love the way you know that it. was a while ago because I'm <laughs> definitely not an HR person anymore. Uh, but uh, I used to work for an HR uh, HR leader who her mantra was be hard on issues and soft on people. And what I really took from that was to question the behavior, but not be so hard on the person, whether that person is yourself or 
someone else. So even if you maybe gain some self-awareness, you're like, oh, that was, you know, I didn't love the way I handled that. It's more about questioning the behavior and not questioning your own character or your own judgment or ability. It's it's just, okay, let's let's inquire as to why I acted this way, not saying because I acted this way, this is who I am. Yeah. Just going to have a, a, a women moment here um, for all the men listening. I'm sure you can take something out of this, but I think that as women, there's a lot of expectation about the role that we're meant to play and how we're supposed to occupy space. And there's a lot of ways to be wrong mm-hmm. all, all the time. Yeah. So I think that we have to be mindful also of where are you even getting the message or like the framework that you're applying to judge yourself? Like the thing that you might be thinking that you're wrong about, like who even laid that, that foundation of understanding of what's wrong that you're doing versus right. Because we do have a lot of really strange and inappropriate and oppressive expectations that we might be taking on and then saying, I should be living up to that when actually like throw that out. Right. It's a system that we don't want to keep. (laughs) No, we don't have to keep everything that we got handed. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think to that point, I mean, as women, we just tend to be really hard on ourselves all the way around. And so looking for ways to have more grace with ourselves and also with one another, because I think women can also be hard on one another as well. Yes. Um, Giving the same grace to others that we would like to receive. And then also giving ourselves that grace as well is really important. Yeah. I think some of that comes from feeling upset about having tried and feeling bad about whatever those expectations are and hating how it manifests in your own life. Yeah. And really not appreciating when someone else isn't trying as hard to fit that mold as you. And so now we got to, I got to make sure, let me judge you harder because you're not getting with the program over there. So taking the same toxic expectations and then just like copy paste into other people's lives and just, it's like a judgment hamster wheel that if you can just break it and say, I'm not going to apply this to myself and I'm also not going to apply this to other people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think we see that a lot on the internet. I think we see a lot of people who really just need probably love and support and someone to listen to them. They don't have that. And then they may see somebody who is maybe the embodiment of something that they're really struggling with, or they see somebody who's not struggling with the same things as them, and they are already feeling unlistened to and unsupported. And so then the natural, like human being, human behavior is to just start projecting. Um, But also remembering that it's also another human on the other side and that that human is not necessarily the cause of, of the problem. And it takes a pause before you put your fingers on that keyboard. Right. <laughs> Reflect first. Maybe pray. <laughs> Do something else with your hands. <laughs> first, apologize to yourself for right. the way that you have treated yourself and then do something else with your hands right. instead Just of back take away. A breath. <laughs> take a breath. Yes. <sighs> oh, gosh. So. How do you show love to yourself? I show love to myself by keeping promises to myself. So that uh, means...
means following through on the things I say I'm going to follow through on for myself. And also just doing things that I just straight up enjoy, where there's like no other agenda, there's no ulterior motive. It doesn't have to make me money. I just, I like it. So I do it. (laughs) Yes. I want to bottle that. That is one of my favorite ones because you get really pushed into everything you do needs to have a reason outside of you to do it. Like, or at least that's the way it's felt for me that everything needs to tie to work or to a goal or to school. And like, sometimes I just want to blow bubbles. Right. Because bubbles are fun and they never stopped being fun. I just stopped doing them because they didn't connect to some larger goal or some larger thing, or there wasn't a child around that. Oh, now this is for the purpose of entertaining the child. No, sometimes bubbles are just fun to blow. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One of the biggest things for me has been uh, reading because I love to read, but for the past decade, I was forcing myself to read these personal development books, some of which were great, some of which were boring. And it was taking me all year to get through two books. And recently I just started reading fiction. I just started reading Mm -hmm. romance novels and loving my life. And I'm just devouring. I'm reading book after book after book purely just because I enjoy it. And I don't have to be smarter or more efficient or more profitable. I can just read a book because I like the book. I like the story. I want to see the main character fall in love. (laughs) And that's just it. (laughs) I am picturing you really happy reading that book. So I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Now, Miss Lestrandra Alfred, what would it mean for you going forward to you better? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I think for me, to me better um, would look like, you know, I've lately found myself knowing what I want and being too afraid to just vocalize it and speak it and ask for it. And I think working through some of those fears and being straightforward and unapologetic about what it is that I want and desire and am calling in would be a big part of uh, me better. You got vulnerability down. (laughs) (laughs) You got that part down. So yeah, looking forward to seeing you fight fear and make all kinds of ruckus as you go forward, given where you already are in how you show up in the world and how you show up for you and how you keep your promises to yourself. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that you're going to take care of that just fine. Thank you so much, Keisha. Thank you for being here with me. Oh, thank you for having me. This was such a beautiful conversation and I'm just really grateful that we got to have it. All right. It is time for a quick break. Y'all, let's talk about books. You know how at the end of every episode, I give you some resources and often those resources are great books that I think would really pair well with the things that we're learning and doing here on You Better. So for that reason, the podcast is affiliated with bookshop.org. 
Bookshop is an online bookstore with a mission to financially support local independent bookstores. So whenever you head over to bookshop.org slash shop slash you better and purchase my recommendations, you are not only supporting your own self-love and self-discovery journey, you are also helping to keep local bookstores as an integral part of our culture and communities. And on top of that, you are also financially supporting the production of You Better. Again, that's bookshop.org slash shop slash you better. Head over there to get shopping. Okay, now let's get back to the show. I really love connecting with Lestrandra, and I feel really fortunate that some higher power out there thought it was important enough for us to meet that it made us cross paths in such a random way at a tech conference all those years ago. After sitting with Les, here are some of my reflections. How have you been labeled throughout your life? Does it actually fit you? Perhaps it used to, but perhaps it doesn't anymore. Just thinking about that story where she talked about being labeled as shy when she had to correct the record for that and not take on someone else's assessment of who she was. I'm also thinking about finding that right amount of self-awareness that doesn't leave us stewing in all that is wrong with us. Taking Les's guidance to allow self-awareness to make us curious about our actions and why we move the way we do, instead of allowing our reflective moments to make us question all of our character or get into victim mode with ourselves. And our conversation reminded me of the importance of remembering our past and also making peace with it as well. Les and I had very different ways of accessing memories. For her, it was dreams. For me, it was digital files and old journals. I think there's a lot of goodness in either listening to your voice from the past or your subconscious voice in the present. Also, I noticed a theme from Les that she pays attention to what is not working in her life. And she has learned to make a different choice when she realizes what's not working. How many times have we, and by we, I mean I, (laughs) kept doing the same thing that wasn't working over and over, even though the result was that I felt awful. It really does begin with paying attention to your life. What just don't feel good, y'all? Where are you forcing it? There is the clue you need about what needs to change. For resources this week, I want to leave you with links to two things. One is this podcast episode of Lestrandra's that I referenced, episode number 106 of The Balanced Black Girl, having a healthy relationship with yourself and breaking through the self-development trap. I'll link to that episode, but really you should check out as much of her show as possible. And also I'm going to link to a masterclass article about how to keep a dream journal because I loved that idea from her. I think taking time to write down your thoughts and feelings each day can be a beautiful self-care practice, but I never thought about dream journaling. So now might be a good time to start. Those thoughts floating around in your head while you're dreaming could be the key to inspiration that you need to feel your life in a new way, to acknowledge something that is holding you back, or to uncover valuable bits of your past that seem lost. And Note that I'm saying the memories might be lost, but you aren't lost. You are still with you. You are just reviewing the footage to understand your journey better. And I offer that last bit of encouragement about the fact that you aren't lost because a lot of people talk about finding themselves. And 
it makes me remember this passage by writer Emily McDowell that I saw, and I want to share with you now. Finding yourself is not really how it works. You aren't a $10 bill in last winter's coat pocket. You are also not lost. Your true self is right there, buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions, and inaccurate conclusions you drew as a kid that became your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself, an unlearning, an excavation, a remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. Thank you, Emily, for those words. And with that, I hope you learned something today that will help you to you better. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a loved one. That's the main way we keep the show going and growing. And please leave a rating and a review for me. Let me know what's on your mind. All right. I'll see you next week.